Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Beyond the Bitcoin Show. Today is January the 11th, 2020. Oh, yeah. Strong hand, long-term thinking. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Unconfiscatable. Strive for greatness. Per responsibility is a new counterculture. Deferral of gratification, conviction. All right, people. Principles over practicality. Solutions over sympathy. It is that time again. Saturday, we go beyond Bitcoin, but we're going to talk a little bit of cryptocurrency at the start of the show. First of all, check out the links below. Check out This Week in Bitcoin. It was a great one. Simon from the Netherlands. Brad was on. Jeff uh, was on. It was a great time. Best guest in the freaking space. Check it out. Uh, hello, my elite friends. How y'all doing tonight? Remember, I will be in Las Vegas at Tone Vase's Unconfiscatable, hanging out February 22nd, February 22nd uh, for you West Coast uh, people who are going to be out there. So it will be awesome. All right. So tonight, uh, what once Shabbat ended, I turned on the old uh, computer here and I knew the Ravens were playing and everything. But of course, I have not watched an NFL game since before the 2016 season. And I am not going to watch one this year because, again, part of my thing was if the Ravens ever got to the AFC title game or the Super Bowl, I would watch those games, but they didn't get there. They lost. But I didn't check that out right away. I got on my computer and I see MWC, that crypto dividend that we all got for free, is sur is freaking surging. And, and I still have some of it left. So, baby, uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy tonight, baby. Um, it, on your original, uh, on the MWC you got for free, if you sell it right now, if you go to Hotbit right now, you're going to get a 1.2% return because you got like 41 MWC for every uh, Bitcoin uh, that you had registered with them. And if you do the math, that's a 1.2% return right now. You could do it right now. Get your 1.2% return. You didn't have to give it away. You didn't have to go to some uh, DeFi for some dude to hold your Bitcoin and give you 1.2%. You, know, you do it yourself. You control your own private key, baby. And that right now, BSV is only 1.9%. So, I mean, this is, a, this is where you get that insider information. Hardly anyone knows about this MWC thing. I am really happy about it, uh, you know, on a personal level, obviously. I love uh, getting more Bitcoin. Uh, and the, it, it did make me think, though, you know, about I'm from Baltimore, uh, obviously. And just about about personal responsibility. You could be a Baltimorean tonight uh, crying about the Ravens. You, you spent hundreds of dollars on your purple stuff. Maybe you went to the game, uh, spent hundreds of dollars on tickets, on hot dogs, on on all this ridiculous stuff. And then at the end of the day, you're like, woe is me. My life is horrible. I'm in debt, blah, 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 blah. I, I don't control my own life, but I'm addicted to the, the bread and circuses, that being the circuses part of it. Or you can be a dude like me that, okay, I, I know I'm from Baltimore and I've enjoyed Baltimore sports throughout my life. It's it's something, it's a pastime and I, I know what it is. But I know that you cannot waste your time on that type of stuff like these people have. And what I did was I got into Bitcoin. I learned about MWC. I learned about the crypto dividends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I just wonder how many Baltimoreans did what I did tonight and how many Baltimoreans did what 
most Baltimoreans did tonight. And I think the numbers of Baltimoreans that did what I did tonight uh, that actually know about MWC, it might only be one. <laughs> Pound that like button. Tabal Dacris just sent five Canadian dollars to me. Thank you, dude. Good to see you. Golden Age. We had Bitcoin. Uber just signed a deal with Hyundai for flying Ubers. Virgin Galactic already has two spaceships ready for travel. Only 2020. Well, dude, I did read the thing about Virgin Galactic. I have no idea about that. Hyundai. Uber just signed a deal with Hyundai for flying Ubers. Yeah, okay. That's that's great if that happens one day. But I think uh, Virgin – I love uh, people like Branson and um, – uh, the guy behind Amazon, why can't I think of it? Jeff Bezos, who want, are shooting for the stars, baby, and are building these rocket ships with their own wealth that everyone is jealous of. And we're going to talk about that in a second. So Roman Q said, pounded. Thank you, dude. Now, guys, I forgot to say, Taval, what Taval just did, he did a super chat. You can ask questions that way, or you can just type in Bitcoin Meister. All one long word, spell it right, not Adam Meister. Not Mel Meister, not any any other Meister, but Bitcoin Meister in there, and it will turn colors, and then I will see it. That's the only way I can see. When I'm doing a show, I, I'm not reading the chat when I'm doing the show. You, 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 most of you don't. I don't know why some of you can't grasp that. Um, a lot of you, obviously, most of you haven't done a show before. But when you're doing a show here, and I'm reading all my notes, I'm not reading what you're saying in the chat. And but out of the corner of my eyes, I can see when it turns colors. Okay, so is that is that all I had to say about Baltimore? Uh, and uh, MWC and combining everything at the end. Yeah, to my Baltimore buddies, yeah, it's it's sad the Ravens lost, but uh, you would not be sad tonight if you were uh, uh, if you knew what a crypto dividend was and you you planned it uh, correctly. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And, and again, it's uh, those of you who haven't sold it. I mean, I'm not telling you to sell it now or whatever, but it's it's a 1.2 percent return now. Uh, but they're selling for $2.50. And like a few days ago, it was like 80 cents or something like that. Whatever, free is free, baby. Pound it. I, I love freaking crypto dividends. I love Bitcoin. I love this golden age 2020s that, that we're in and just taking personal responsibility and not crying and waiting for the government to like tell you what to do and just the Baltimore way. All right. So World War Three. speaking about governments, World War Three. World War... I noticed after the whole Iran thing, and it's really turning out well for the United States, I got to say, um, all these doomers and I think clickbaiters, and I don't know what, everyone is talking World War III, World War III, trending on Twitter, World War III, World War III, this, that, and the other. And it's so obvious. I, I think it's just, it, it was just a way for people to get attention. Just and it, if, you, if you just sat back and thought about it for one second, wasn't going to be a world you don't know you know what world war three would entail i mean there was world war one and then that was like a bunch of countries fighting each other many different fronts all of europe um then we have world war ii bigger involved nuclear weapons asia even got into africa and uh and obviously in europe so world war three would have to be bigger had to be it would have to be worldwide with nuclear weapons um just just Devastating, just pretty much the end of the world. I mean, it, the, the the world could not really survive. I mean, if, if there were to be a, a true World War III, um, it would take many, many years uh, for there to be a recovery, if there would be a recovery. Um, it, I mean, God forbid there'd be something that horrible where everyone's nuking everyone. That, that's just, that's what World War III. So, no, it, it wasn't just because some terrorists got blown up. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's World War III, but a lot of people were using it to get attention, 
to virtue signal to get i mean popularize their blog or their their website it, it was such clickbait it was it, it was terrible all right so uh and, and people were screaming about there's going to be a draft <laughs> do they even know what they're talking about there's going to be a draft in the United States. There will never be a draft in the United States. <laughs> you don't. You don't understand. We have eighty percent of volunteers into our army. First of all, these guys. I don't know what they're thinking. They volunteered. What? Why am I getting sent to the middle of the desert? <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen. I mean, if you didn't, if you didn't think that was going to happen, uh, I don't know what you're thinking, dude. But but again, we don't even need. We don't even need humans in the army anymore. We have drones. Look what the drone just did. It solved uh, some issues our country was having, uh, the United States was having. So anyway, no, draft, again, was clickbait also. And just these uh, these doomers and virtue signalers that just – I don't know what – they have anything better to do with their lives than just worry and be in doom holes. Be productive. Get in the Bitcoin. Get some crypto dividends. I, I don't know what else to say. Now, now th the Friday show, This Week in Bitcoin, pound it, baby. Um I had a guest on from the Netherlands. So someone in the chat randomly said, Adam, you should check out Wim Hof. And I'm like, who the hell? I don't even know who Wim Hof is. So I look up Wim Hof and I, I guess the person, I say, thank you for suggesting it. I mean, Wim Hof, the only thing he has to do with the topic we were discuss, discussing on this week in Bitcoin is that, well, he's from the Netherlands and we were talking about the Netherlands. Uh, he's Dutch. Wim Hof is Dutch. Other than that, Wim Hof is, I, I love, this guy's great though. The benefits of cold showers, it's, it's linked to below. Okay, I'm going to quote, uh, there are many more benefits of cold showers listed there. Uh, I take cold showers every day. And this is what he, now again, this isn't scientifically proven. I think Wim Hof says it is, but I don't know. Increased willpower. It takes a strong mind to endure the cold for extended periods of time. By incorporating cold showers into your daily routine, routine, you are strengthening your willpower, which benefits many aspects of your daily life. Yes, you are strengthening your hand. You're becoming less in, um, impulsive. You have long-term thinking. Willpower, increased willpower. Taking those cold showers, it makes me a better Bitcoiner, baby. Makes me a better staver. And I, I, I love this. But Wim Hof is this dude. He, he walks around the cold. He, he in, immerses himself in cold water for hours, runs a half marathon on ice, barefoot, climbs Mount Everest in shorts. I mean, he takes it to a whole new level. Now, I'm not going to agree with everything this dude does, but there's something to be said there. Um, it, to get in to put your body through cold stress, it makes you stronger. It makes you a healthier person. You can go down the Wim Hole rabbit hole the Wim Hof rabbit hole, excuse me. It's linked to, I only linked to the uh, cold shower thing, but you can look it up on YouTube. And that's what I did. I don't let some algorithm tell me what to do. Wim Hof never comes up in my suggested videos. Of course not, because I never, but someone tells me about it. I look it up and then I go to my own Wim Hof videos. Don't let those algorithms control you. You can learn so much by just clicking on the links below, Googling the people I mentioned that other people mentioned. Um, and we're going to get into how to not be a slave to the algorithm in a second. But yeah, this Wim Hof. So let's talk about a quote about doctors that I read in a comment section. Today, it is the doctor's job to find something, anything to write you a prescription for. You might be in perfect shape, but show signs of high blood pressure. 
while visiting the doctor. You need to reduce that. So take this pill. Oh, you had trouble sleeping at least twice in the last week? Here, take this pill. Or, oh, this or that happened? Just take this or that pill for it. That is a great summation of many doctors that are out there, okay? Beware when visiting for a checkup. Don't be guilted into getting sick, okay? So uh, Sometimes, yeah, you, you can have a bad reading because you're nervous or who knows what. doesn't mean you're sick or anything like that. Um, and a pill rarely solves anything. A, a pill brings about what the thing is, the doctor gives you a pill for something you didn't need a pill for. The pill has side effects, causes more problems. You need more pills to take care of the side effect. It's a never ending spiral. Some of these doctors, they have to know what they're doing. Um, or they just don't give a darn. They're just getting a cut of it. I, I, I don't, I don't, or they, they're stupid. Medical schools aren't what they used to be. I don't know. Uh, you got to be your own doctor most of the time. Uh, so be a checkup. It, it, it can be good to get Get your own test results, okay? You can go to private places to get test results. Sometimes going to a checkup, you might be guilted. They, they can put a lot of pressure on you to take a pill. Ooh, that, that doesn't look right. Uh, here's a pill. Dude, these pills, the, they're drugs. They're freaking drugs. I'm no fan of drugs. I'm fans of freaking Wim Hof, baby. You do it naturally. Pound it. Okay, so, so just something to think about there. Algorithm freedom. And being a thought radical exercises that you can do, people, okay? I'm going to get into this more. Um, there are few radicals online anymore. Everybody seems to follow the algorithm. Everyone seems to just want to be part of a trend. Um, there, there are few free thinkers out there. They're, they're, they're trying to do fancy sets and graphics. They're trying to fit in certain keywords, certain, certain ways to manipulate that. It's horrible how mindless but it works um, if you want to get hits. Uh, the 80 percenters, are, they fall for it. These people, they do not think for themselves. They do not produce very much. So they're prone to this. I mean, there's smart people that could fall for it too. And not all 80 percenters are stupid. Um, there's, there's some smart ones also. I just want 80 percenters are, are impulsive. 80 percenters do not produce. 80 percenters go with the trend generally. And Here's some exercises that you can do. I, I just I just mentioned one. If you're on YouTube, um, well, if you're on Twitter, are you at tweet? And I've talked about this before. Treat it like a blog. Don't see what comes up in your you know in your feed. Go to people that you like and see everything that they tweeted out that day. Treat tweet it like a blog. Uh, treat it like a blog because if you just look at what's in your feed, well, that's what the algorithm. Twitter throws whatever they think is necessary in there from the people you're following. Sometimes you don't see what the, what you're, you you want to see. You you go to these. You have you use your head when you're on Twitter. Then you just don't you just don't look at the at the and retweet it without actually clicking on the link. Go actually click on the link to the article. Leave the Twitter platform. Maybe it'll take you to YouTube. And then if it takes you to YouTube, stay on YouTube. Start looking up other topics that pertain to something that you were heard about on Twitter. Okay. So go back and forth between platforms and use, you know, maybe you, there's a YouTuber all of a sudden that you like him a lot. Then go on the Twitter, look up his Twitter feed. Okay. So go back and forth between platforms. And so you're not getting caught up in some algorithm because the YouTube thing is just telling you to watch the next video by, uh, 
some dude that's similar to the other videos that you, the five other videos you watched today. Okay. Yo, so go to Twitter, look up more about the dude that you, uh, that you just became interested in. And maybe he has some shit suggested videos or su suggested friends to check out on Twitter. Okay. So go back and forth. Just again, the, the thing you can, and on, on videos like mine, everybody gives suggested, you know, uh, pr good producers. I think they're good producers like me. Um, they give suggested, uh, uh suggested links click on them read the articles go to the twitter feeds check them out just don't be a slave to that algorithm out there okay and then you um then you'll be a true radical baby you're a true radical that way okay and find true radicals you will find what you want instead of finding what the algorithm wants you to okay most people out there on social media it is sickening they are just stumbling upon what the algorithm wants them to. And, and that's really, it's disturbing on a certain level that people are not thinking anymore for themselves. I just told you how to think for yourself when it comes to social media, okay? It, social media, it can be an incredibly valuable tool. There's so much information there. But if you're just going with the flow, you're not thinking for yourself anymore. But if you're thinking for yourself within the social media uh, paradigm, you are in great shape. Uh, and you're, you're, you're learning a lot and going to new places. Uh, what podcast do you listen to Bitcoin and other? Okay. Again, I just, I, I treat videos as podcasts. Okay. So again, the Scott Adams, Ben Shapiro, uh, Yvonne, Yaron Brook, all the guys that I mentioned on here. Okay. Uh, Bitcoin guys, uh, just the guys that, that are on my show and stuff. Vortex, who's not even uh, doing shows anymore. Uh, you know, BTC Benny, UK Bitcoin master, you know, guys that are on my show. I mean, it's the, the, the quick, here, here's a better answer. Okay. This is a real good answer. This was how this is, this will show you how to use your head. Go to techbalt.com, See all 150 of the, this week in Bitcoin shows I've ever done. 90% of the guys, 95% of the guys, that's who I listen to. That's the Twitter feeds. I, I read that's the videos I watch. Those are the articles I read. Okay, so go there, click on some of them. If you haven't seen some of them, learn about these people, then check them out. Uh, and on this Beyond Bitcoin show, the dudes that I talk about on Beyond Bitcoin show, go to disruptmeister.com. You can look at all the, what, was this my 92nd Beyond Bitcoin show ever? I, I don't even know what the number is. Go through some of the other ones. You'll see all these non-Bitcoin people that I have talked about. There are links to below. That's who I listen to. That, I mean, I can't think of them all off the top of my head. There's been many, many... Um, and I'm glad I can't think of all of them off the top of my head. Uh, there are so, so many of them and I, and I, I do switch it up, but I get Ben Shapiro does come to mind. And obviously you're on, you're on Brook. I like that Yuval, uh, Yuval, Yuval uh, Harari, whatever his name is when he, he does videos and I've mentioned him many times and I don't agree with him on everything. I like, I like his uh, style of video. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, there's my advice. Check out my archives and click on some of those old videos. Are you buying Virgin Galactic stock? Taval Daris Dakra said. Uh, Taval, I'm, I'm not buying any stock in any company for the rest of my life. And I intend to live a very, very long life. I, what's stock? Why would anyone buy stock? There's Bitcoin, dude. Well, I, I, don't, I don't even understand why you're asking that question, to tell you the truth. If you're familiar with this channel, I, I don't know. Why would I buy? I, I, again, I don't know. Why? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so um, I, I get crypto dividends for free. That, that's what I do. All right. No, I don't. I don't buy, waste money on that. That, that. I mean, that might involve me. Who? Oh God! I, I just. I almost like 
vomiting when I think of someone selling their Bitcoin for some stock. I mean, but this is what people do. Yeah. Whatever. They'll learn. They'll see. Okay. Um, I mean, how haven't they learned already? What stocks have performed as well as Bitcoin? Come on. Come on. Uh, let's see. Um, what else? So anyway, but thank you for the question, dudes. Uh, all right. So let's see. Uh, let's talk about Tom Steyer and, and Mike Bloomberg here. These are billionaire Democrats that are running uh, for the Democratic nomination. And they've been uh, they've been doing better lately. Um, I mean, in the polls. <laughs> here we go. Top. OK. Since they've been doing better, some people can't stand this. They have such hate and envy for billionaires. Now, I, I can't, I'm going to censor this a little bit here because there's curse words used. Uh, Tom Steyer, this is a tweet. I linked to the guy below. His name is Axcom Comrade. I guess that kind of gives it away, but he's an American. Axcomrade says, he, so he's a he's on the left side of politics, like Tom Steyer and Mike Bloomberg are. Tom Steyer and Mike Bloomberg are effing disgusting, and anyone who falls for their grift should be embarrassed. A lot of pathetic effers on here defending oligarchic billionaires who are trying to buy our democracy. It's not a democracy. It's sad how easily their SE ads, I can't say that word, worked on you rubes. All right, so this guy is hateful of billionaires. He's jealous. He's jealous. He, 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 there's nothing, he's, he's, he's saying, He's not not saying anything that's wrong with them other than they're rich. It's horrible they're rich. It's horrible they're rich. They're oligarchs. <laughs> no, no, no. They, you, they, why are you worried about how much money they have? Okay. So Steyer and Bloomberg, we're going to get into their spending. They've spent a lot. That is true. Are they winning? Are they going to win? Steyer and Bloomberg, now, are they going to cause some havoc? In, in, who knows? Is it, you know... It, People are seeing their advertisements. People are learning about them. They're fall. Are they falling for it? Are they genuinely interested in it? Okay, this is the way of elections. You got to spread the word somehow. Are you just supposed to be quiet about it? <laughs> Steyer and Bloomberg spending in states other than New Hampshire and Iowa. Okay, they're not spending in New Hampshire and Iowa at all. And so this guy should be. Maybe this guy. If this guy's a, you know. I mean, let's like if he's against tradition, maybe, maybe he's not against tradition. I don't know. But they are decentralizing the way the, these elections have been for many years now, probably since uh, I think 1976, when Carter put a lot of uh, money into Iowa. Um, but New Hampshire, maybe even before that, I, I have no idea. But um, for quite some time, those two states have been so big in the nominating process. Okay. It's ridiculous. They're two little teeny states. All you people that are from outside the United States, have you guys actually been to Iowa or New Hampshire before? I, I've been there before, but there are probably many Americans that haven't even been in those two little teeny states. And you know that's fine. They're the first primary, the first caucus. That's great. That's, but there's so much attention paid to them. So these two guys, they're not paying them any attention. So they're being different. They're, they're decentralizing this. They're shaking the whole thing up. So I think people should be happy. They should be happy that that it's it's not all good because people have complained in the past. Oh, it shouldn't all be about Iowa and New Hampshire. I, I mean, I agree with that. They they were overrepresented, definitely. So Steyer and Bloomberg aren't spending 
they Steyer and Bloomberg are spending in, in Florida, in uh, I mean, I think Steyer is spending an incredible amount in Nevada, just just places where it, it's different. They're taking a different approach. Good, they're creative. Oh wow, imagine that. They're trying to do something different. They're creative. Maybe that's how they became billionaires. <laughs> it is. It is. You might not like these dudes, but they think differently, and they're t they're taking a different approach. Is it going to work? Well, it's definitely shaking things up, and it's making pathetic, uh, envious uh, of wealth people curse their heads off on uh, Twitter, which I guess is entertaining. You're not really learning anything from that. I mean, you are learning about the hate and the envy of wealth that is out there uh, when you read tweets like that. Okay, so uh, speaking about... Uh, and I have an and I and I linked to an article, a political article about Bloomberg and Tom Steyer spending so much money. And, and the other thing is, what you, no matter what happens, one of them is going to fail miserably because you know both can't become president, <laughs> and, and most likely both of them are going to fail. Um, I, oh, Bloomberg might have a shot. I, I don't know, but so so let them spend their billions. That's what I said. Compete. Don't complain. Compete. Don't complain. There are ways. Again, they're not they're not ahead in the polls. So there are definitely ways to get attention and to get people to think about you or whatever. But I, I have no problem with getting rid of all the limits on uh, campaign contributions because then rich people could support a little smaller candidates that are poor that uh, or candidates that aren't good at raising money. I mean, it's it's nonsense that that that, uh, that there are these campaign finance rules uh, compete. Don't complain. The rich always don't win. Um, and we'll see how that happens. But I, I do like how they're shaking it up. And uh, there's my political commentary for, for the day, because it, it is kind of ridiculous. I, I'm sure outsiders, you guys from different countries are like, why is Iowa, New Hampshire? Why, why, do, why do the winners of those seem to become president all the time? Let's say it's nonsense. And why is so much money spent in New Hampshire and Iowa? I mean, the amount of money that is spent there, it's I mean, let them do what they're going to do, but these guys are doing it differently. So good for them. All right. And you know what? It doesn't it, let them blow. Who cares that they're rich and they're blowing their money? It doesn't affect me. I'm getting my MWC. Let the politics, who cares? Let them do what they're going to do. So let's talk about envy, some more wealth envy here. CNBC has an article. Google and Facebook hit all time highs despite, despite antitrust probes. So, you know, they say they're evil, they're rich, and uh, the government is investigating if they're monopolies. And it's just in, it's just approving of that mentality, that informant mentality. Companies are doing good, so there must be something wrong. Uh, we, we should get the government involved and, and try to get the government to fix, uh, to make them not as rich as they are. There is antitrust, antitrust, monopoly. There's no monopoly out there, okay? There are plenty of competitors to Google. There are plenty of competitors to Facebook, okay? All sorts of social media stuff. It's the 80 percenters who are crying and complaining, trying to be tattletales. They're the ones that are addicted to all, who are addicted to all this stuff, who can't get off of Google, who can't get, and Google and Facebook, they provide services. People enjoy the services. I mean, you want the government to interfere? But the people who think that they, there's a monopoly, they're the same people who aren't trying the other services out. That are trying a uh, bit shoot whatever the heck else is out there, okay? Uh, or whatever competes with Facebook. I don't even know what competes. Steam it competes with Facebook. So it's a oh, antitrust scream, antitrust, antitrust. This oh, let me be an informant, government, 
government, let me tell on this company. I don't like them because they're rich and uh, they, they, uh, they have so much market share. It's unfair they, they're winning and they have smart people. Compete, don't complain, and pound that like button. So let's talk about the abundance of this world. We got all these people complaining about how poor they are and how jealous they are of, of, of rich people and rich corporations, when they should just be worrying about themselves, bettering themselves and how you know they have no money for food or who knows what they're complaining about. So I'm walking around. When I, when I was walking to synagogue today here in Tucson, Arizona, I see these – I've seen these orange trees before, okay? And – you know, every week that passes, the oranges get oranger and bigger, it seems like. And today there were, it looked like there were volunteers just picking them, just putting them in the crates, using contraptions to get the ones that were high up. And I'm like, I better get me some. So I just picked it. But the thing that's amazing, this is all on public land, two different places. One was in a public park. I mean, you can feed yourself. I mean, I got, I'm, I'm in pretty good economic shape. I just got me some free orange, okay? And there's still some that are out there. I'm sure in California, and I, I've mentioned this before, I, I picked mulberries when I was just in Adelaide. Oh, so delicious. We are in a time of abundance. I mean, you can get free food. You can get free. I mean, I mean again, if, you, if you're out and you're lucky and you need to go to a shelter too, they got they definitely have free food there. But man, you can live out on the freaking streets like so many hobos are out there in Tucson. Get yourself some orange. I mean, again, they don't want orange. They want... You know, they, they, they want something they want. Unfortunately, they're addicted to stuff. But um, get get on a healthy path and pick those uh, free oranges that are out there. So here it is. It smells so good. It I can't wait to have this thing. Um, it, I mean, it, it seems like its skin is thick. So probably there's not actually much orange in there. So, you know, you wouldn't buy this at a store because it's, you know, the stuff you buy at the store is bred to be as much juice as possible and sweet. I'm sure this is great though. I'm looking forward to it. Even when I was in Namibia in 2016, I picked mulberries off the streets of Windhoek. Now there weren't very many and, and Namibia is quite, well, it's better than many, most African countries, but it's obviously not a wealthy country. I mean, you got to think sometimes don't have that helpless mentality. There is free stuff out there. There is waste out there that you, that's not waste to you. It's not waste to you. It can sustain you. So, yeah, I love it. All right. Put that over there for uh, – I'll probably eat that before I end up in El Paso. Again, I mean, to give you guys an update where I am, Tucson, I'm only here until uh, Tuesday the 14th, and then I'm going to be in El Paso for four weeks until February 11th, then in Los Angeles from February 11th to August uh, – February 11th to April the 6th. And But during that time, I will go to Las Vegas on February 22nd. And the uh, last weekend in March, I will be in San Francisco for the Bitcoin event. So Bitcoin event in Vegas, Bitcoin event in uh, San Francisco. Um, and pro I, I'm maybe, I'll, uh, maybe I will go to a, a Bitcoin event in L.A. also. Something always comes up in L.A. and I'll be there long enough. Uh, but th so that, those are my, uh, my travels uh, until April the 6th when I'm back in Baltimore for Passover. Pesach. All right. And I love Pesach. And, uh, Oh, Bitcoin to the moon likes my shirt because this is uh, – he gave me this shirt. Thanks for supporting Bitcoin to the moon merchandise. You are a Bitcoin rock star. It's linked to below. You can get – you can go bitcointothemoon.com, get Bitcoin to the moon T-shirts. He is an awesome dude. He is an Australian. And, yeah, I, I've met him. I've met Bitcoin to the moon before, man. I love it. All right. 
just I, I guess you guys can't see it that well. I got to be able to read my notes. Okay, back to the show. But this is beyond Bitcoin, so so we can uh, we can have little breaks like that. What's this BuzzFeed article? What's this about? Oh, disinformation for hire. How a new breed of PR firm is selling lies online. Okay, five years ago, we could barely even imagine something at the scale of, of what is described here. Um, there are PR firms out there. If I mean, if you want to, if you want social media influence, you go to them. They have so many fake accounts, and they can make your topic trend. Whatever it might be, maybe you're trying to sell something. Maybe you're a politician. It it is a I can tell. I mean, you can tell when when these troll accounts are tweeting and when they're commenting on YouTube. I mean, it's pretty obvious some of the stuff that's out there. But it works apparently. It gets. I mean, I don't get the mentality. It's trending. I must care about it. It must be important. I'm going to jump on that bandwagon. But it 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 works. It gets people attention. And these these PR firms, whatever you want to call it, they know how to manipulate the algorithms with their fake accounts. Um, but I'm not I'm not going to complain. This is the way of the eighty percenter. Customer, he said, customers have money. And I don't care what they buy, he said. They're purchasing an end-to-end -end online manipulation system, which can influence people on a massive scale. <laughs> so, I mean, he's being straight up honest. He's got a manipulation system. It works on the 80 percenters, which can influence people on a massive scale. Yeah, I, 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 Probably a lot of people can tell it's fake, but there are plenty of people who don't. And it starts trending. It starts... Uh, it, it 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 gets in that out the algorithm starts pumping it out for free too after they've manipulated the numbers so yeah it, uh, you can tell when something's organic or not i i can tell when something's organic when something's real out there when it's a real topic when it's just not some nonsense most most everything is not again do what i said above do what i said above if you want to use your head on social media there is great stuff on social media that right there with all the fake accounts that's not the great stuff. That's the worst of the worst there. But it's, it's a big hunk of what's out there. All right. I talked about this on another show, but I really wanted to talk about it on this show. Um, and that is the IRS. Uh, good news from the IRS, people, for all you Americans. It's a Wall Street Journal article. IRS personal income tax audits dropped to lowest level in decades. Just 0.45% of individuals were audited in 2019. Following years of budget cuts, yeah, uh, the steady erosion of tax enforcement has been driven by years of cuts in the Internal Revenue Service's budget along with a heavier workload. I mean, they call it erosion as if it's a bad thing. You know, it's a good thing. Uh, lazy, I mean, <laughs> I love it, uh, but along with a heavier workload. So I, I love it. That they that they the lazy government officials are coming in handy. It's too heavy of a workload now since there are fewer of them. Good, good, that's great. <laughs> Individual taxpayers are half as likely to get audited as they were in 2010. <laughs> Amazing. After tax enforcement by the Internal Revenue Service fell to its low, lowest level in at least four decades. Nice, good. Keep on cutting over there. Keep on not doing work, you IRS agents. You. 
Be lazy. Retire. The IRS audited 0.45% of uh, personal income tax returns in fiscal 2019, okay, down from 0.59% in 2018, uh, marking the eighth straight year of decline, according to a report released Monday. In, 2020, in 2010, the IRS audited 1.1% of tax returns. The report doesn't break down audits uh, by income category or provide details about how much uh, revenue they generate. I mean, still, people... Uh, look, I'm not gonna, the steady erosion of tax informants ha has been driven by years of cuts. Okay, I said that. Heavier workload. <laughs> the result, according to tax experts, is that the Treasury is letting billions of dollars annually go uncollected, even as budget deficits rise. Well, first of all, stop spending so much. Se secondly, I, I people are still filing their taxes, okay? It, it's... It, 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 <laughs> They're still people are still scared about get, getting audited, okay? Um, so they're still paying their taxes. You're still getting your money. Taxation is theft. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear when the theft is being uh, cut down a little bit at least. Or it's anyway. How can anyone? How can anyone want to work for the IRS? Is another thing. I mean, I, I don't understand. Uh, why? Why? I mean, do you need a job that much to work for such an organization that just scares people? And takes their wealth and uh, encourages, uh, you know, I mean, lessens the productivity levels. Because if people were to be able to hold on to more of their own money, they would be more productive. In you know, an organization that thinks uh, that helps redistribute people's funds, that think they know what to do with people's money more than people themselves do, oh, it's horrible. In Monday's report, the RIS said the agency had lost almost 30,000 full time positions since fiscal 2010. Good. In areas including enforcement and criminal investigation, it now has about 78,000 workers and has been hiring over the past year. But the agency also projects that up to 31% of the remaining workers will retire within the next few years. Oh, yeah, because they want their, uh, their insane uh, retirement benefits that government workers get. So they're going to stop working. Good. That's good that they stop working. Good. Don't, don't fill those positions again. Okay, enough about that. It's linked to below. Don't be complacent. Thinking Ape has a video, a very good video, of targeting younger guys that have become complacent, that have become that are stuck in doom holes. And even though Thinking Ape is not always the most positive dude out there, in this case, he's like, guys, you can't just sit there and do nothing. Your life isn't over. It's easy. It's really easy to say it's over. Don't give up, young. Never give up. And he sees more and more people online giving up more than ever. And it's true. It's it's true. More and more people are giving up and are just satisfied with living vicariously online through other people. And just they're like, well, I can't meet anyone. Oh, I can't do this. I can't. I just stay here. They're complacent. You actually got to be proactive. I mean, pe people have forgotten this. I think a lot of people think everything they, they watch they see things online and see how easy certain things come to these pretty people online. And they think, well, it comes to them naturally. You, you got to go out there. You can't be complacent. Things aren't just going to fall into your lap. And I think people are so comfortable for various reasons. I mean, we are living in a golden age where we do have so much and you can actually live a life where you just go to work, go back home, watch TV, watch the internet, go to sleep. And I mean, you won't be happy, but you won't starve. And I mean, You'll live, but it, it's it's 
people can live a very mediocre life now and be complacent and just, you know, drugs can numb stuff for them, but that's, they're still going to be unhappy. And that, that's what he's reminding. It's not over. Don't, don't relegate yourself to this mediocre life where you're like, uh, life can't get better. This is the way it is. Oh, I wish I was this person. So go to the video. Don't never give up people. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to see that even, uh, thinking ape who can be kind of negative sometime, just straight up set, wanted to smack the dudes basically and say, don't be complacent and pound that like button instead of smacking dudes. All right. We got, okay. Bitcoin to the moon said his thing. And I linked to his video, uh, thinking apes video. It is a, it's a short one and it's one of his better ones lately. Um, New York times says, uh, make 2020 the year of less sugar. Wow, they, they finally caught on. I mean, you're just realizing this, dudes. I mean, the sugar's bad. That it's not it's not fat. I mean, for me, it, I mean, 2015, I like cut out all basically. I cut out all bad food at that point. I mean, it probably was before that, but really, I think that was the end of of bread. That's the last time I had bread on. No, yeah, that was the last time I had bread. Maybe it was 2014 even. Um, you know, the next thing, you know, the New York times is going to say, don't eat, don't, they're going to warn people about bread, white bread. That's how far behind they are. Yeah. You're darn right. They should already be saying, don't eat. I mean, that's what I've been saying for such a long time. Don't eat bread. People don't no point. It's poison. It really is. That kind of processed carb is terrible for you. Don't wait around for the New York times to tell you, because it'll probably be too late. You already have some problems by then. Uh, all right. Invention chimed in there with sugars, uh, sugars bad. Yeah. He, he knows that he definitely knows that. Um, and he learned the hard way, unfortunately, but, uh, he's, he's cut it out now. So that's good. Now, uh, what else do we have here? Oh yeah. The, I, I mentioned before the reason I like Scott Adams a lot as I don't agree with him probably on most things, but he comes out with some outside the box ideas. And I linked to a video of his uh, from earlier this week. He's talking about the Iran situation. And he actually mentioned something that I have mentioned before that I learned um, from a guy, uh, Moshe Feiglin in Israel. I mentioned he was part of the Zahut party. And I liked one of the planks of his party. And Scott Adams says, well, if Iran, you know, Iran and Israel, Iran doesn't like Israel very much. Iran likes the Arabs that are in Judea and Samaria. Well, if they care so much about the, the Arabs in Judea and Samaria, you know, instead of, you know, having a proxy war with Israel, why don't they make a deal with Israel and say, hey, we, we'll take these Arabs from Judea and the Arabs that want to leave, because a lot of them want to leave, um, and we'll resettle them in Iran and Iraq, because Iran is going to take over Iraq. And Israel, you'll have to pay for the whole thing. And Scott Adams thought of that. He didn't, he has not heard of Moshe Feiglin before, but he thought of that on his own. And it's a good idea. It is a good idea. What the Moshe Feiglin's idea is, it didn't involve Iran or Iraq. There are many countries all over the world that need workers, um, that take refugees, okay? And uh, there are many Arabs in Judea and Samaria who don't want to be there anymore, and in Gaza especially. And so an easy solution is, you don't want to be here anymore? Israel will pay for you to get the heck out, and then you can never return. You can never come back. That's it. You're gone. It's not like you're getting paid and you're going to pretend to live in Romania 
No, you're going to live in Romania and you're never coming back. That's it. You sign the paper, you get resettlement money to resettle in Romania or wherever you want to go. And that's it. And Israel pays for the whole thing. There, then that's, I think it's a great idea. If you, if you are in Judea and Samaria, Gaza, whatever you want out, you're an Arab, uh, Israel should pay for the whole thing. And, uh, it should be a, nat a national, uh, priority that Israel, that that should be the way of, uh, of Israel. They should, they, they should do, it. but they, they're not even close to doing that. It's, it's, it's a, it's a very long-term you're saving a lot of money that way. And you're, you're bringing about peace and you're, 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 if people aren't happy there and they don't want to be there, they're stuck. You, well, give them money to leave. That's it. And, and I, I mean, and serious money, serious, whatever it takes to resettle them in Romania or wherever country needs Arab workers or whatever, Iran, Iraq, you know, there's cost of living. You can figure the whole darn thing out. So Scott Adams is on that same uh, line of thinking. Maybe more people will talk about that. I don't know. I think it's a good idea. Um, all right. But I, I, again, I think I, I think Iran's uh, hostilities with uh, Israel definitely uh, go a little bit more than uh, deeper than just the, the, the Arabs living in, uh, in uh, Judea and Samaria. Uh, they, they seem to have a deeper, at least the, the mullahs seem to have a, a deeper problem with Israel where they really, they really just want to get rid of it <laughs> totally. And that's, you know, that, that's not a good answer. Nuking Israel is that, that, that's not a good thing. Uh, and, and nuking anyone is very bad. So moving on. Uh, but you know, it, it is amazing what's going on in Iran right now. I really do hope that what, what Trump triggered here, um, and he, again, he did the right thing morally today. He voiced his support for the protesters in Iran who are against the Mullah, who are against their leaders now. And that's great. And that's great. And I do, it would be great if Iran took down their uh, religious zealot leaders and became a secular country like it was before 1979. I, I don't think they would have many problems with Israel at, at that point and many problems with Saudi Arabia at that point. Um, so good luck to them. I, I, I hope they do. Uh, I hope the protests grow larger and larger in Iran. I wish the, uh, Persian people good luck there, uh, because, uh, their leadership is nonsense and has led them definitely down a very unproductive path since 1979. You can't, you can't deny that. All right. So, uh, and I, I give credit to the, the Persian people that have left Iran. They don't want to deal. They go to Los Angeles. Good for them. Good for them. They didn't, they, they competed. They didn't, comp they didn't like it. They got the heck out. Good, good. Everyone should get the heck out of there. If, if they don't like being under that kind of religious uh, leadership. Uh, correction from last week, Shell. I got a correction here. And I think someone pointed this out. I got a little confused last week. I'm not, I'm not, the, I'm not the political guru. I don't worship these dudes, but uh, a lot of people were saying that uh, it was horrible that Joe Biden could even think of having a Republican VP as his running mate. And that that whoever, without even knowing who he would pick, that that person must be the devil or, you know, it was it was horrible. It was like judging a person by their political party with they weren't judging the individual because there was no individual picked out yet. So I said I said, you know what, this has been this isn't new. And, and, and someone said, well, why? It's only Democrats that would pick a Republican as their uh, not as their running mate. When and I said no, a Republican had had thought the same thing before, and I said it was McCain wanted Kerry, and I was confused. In two thousand four, Kerry 
had suggested McCain. But then in 2008, McCain wanted Lieberman, and Lee, Lieberman uh, was a Republican. So, but still, this isn't what this shows is that it's not a new idea either. Okay. It's just that social media people get up in arms and want attention and go crazy when, when how dare someone could, 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 could uh, cross party lines. Well, both parties have suggested it before <laughs> within the last, uh, what, 16 years. I can't believe 2004 or 16 years ago. But, but nonetheless, it isn't a new idea. Both parties have suggested it before. It's not a mortal sin. Don't, don't, I mean, don't worship your party blindly. It's, think for yourself. Okay. If you're in debt, you spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to get out of debt. A lot of people do at least. And so debt wastes your time. You could be spending it on much more productive endeavors. So that's just another reason not to get into debt. Because eventually you're going to have to worry about it. And you're going to have to, you know, how am I going to avoid this debt collector? How many, I mean, if you try to do it honestly or you try to do it dishonestly, you're going to spend a lot of time on that debt. And it's so unproductive. There's no productivity to it at that point. Um, when you've just spent it all on, when you've consumed it all on cars and stuff that goes down in value immediately. Just something to consider before uh, you get into debt there. Uh, because when you're not in debt, you, you, you have time. There's so much time you're not spending or worrying on stuff like that. You have time to be productive. You have time to learn on YouTube. You have time to buy Bitcoin. Research what Bitcoin is. Uh, there's a lot of you, a lot of people out there that are wa- speaking about wasting time. Pete, I mean, I, I watch Scott Adams videos. I read the comment section because you can learn a lot from comment sections sometimes. And every time all these people wasting their time about Epstein, you, you believe the official story. He killed, he didn't really kill himself. It's a conspiracy. This, that, and the, why do you care? What effect does Epstein have on your life? So much waste of time and bandwidth out there on Epstein. And again, some people are making shows about it because they know it's 80% or clickbait. And all these people who are wasting their time on it are going to waste even more of their time watching their nonsense videos about some guy named Epstein. Who cares? It has no effect on your life. Were you a victim of his? What what, what, would you have to do with him? Why do you care? Why do you care? So I'm going to, I'm going to say something right here. I believe the official story. Because it matters so little to me. I don't care. He hung himself. I don't care. Get over it. And if you're wasting your time thinking about how he really died, how this happened, who's hiding what, it's a, you're, I don't know what to say. You're not a productive person. How is it better in your life? It's a complete waste of time. He killed himself. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right. So is there freedom after speech? We have freedom of speech, but someone came up with this term, Freedom after speech. And a lot of people don't. When you're working for a corporation, you maybe you'll say something controversial. And then how about if it, you get gang attacked on a Twitter, on social media? Oh, Adam works for Intel. He just said uh, whatever I just said. He shouldn't work there anymore. And so thus, you, didn't, you don't have much freedom after speech there if you're, if you're dependent on your job. Now, I mean, in theory, if you don't care about losing your job, you you do. But I I like this term freedom after speech. When you're in the Bitcoin overlay, baby, you've got freedom after speech. Nothing nothing can affect. I can say whatever. I can still walk. I can still be the same person, still say the same stuff. I don't have to 
censor myself, it is great. It's a great feeling. All right. So finally, this is a this is a, re a religion thing here. Um, I suddenly I just learned January. And I linked to the Wikipedia about this Christian holiday that I had never heard of before, and I linked to the Bible verse, uh, the New Testament verse. Excuse me, the New Testament uh, verse, Luke two twenty one. I'm going to read that in a second. But there is a holiday. It is on January first every year, and it's still on some calendars out there. It used to be on all sorts of calendars in the old days, I guess in the 50s and 40s and a long time ago. It, it, so, so they say um, it is called the Feast of the Circumcision of Christ. That is the name of the holiday. The Feast of the Circumcision of Christ is January 1st every year. The first, And it, it's eight days after uh, they say uh, uh, Jesus was born. And uh, here is the... The quote from the, this is a Bible quote, uh, not Bible. Uh, well, some of you can see, I do not, obviously I do not. It's the New Testament. Um, Luke 2.21. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. The name the angel had given him before he was conceived. So uh, for all you people out there that are against circumcision or whatever you're trying to say out there, um, I, I, I mean, you Christians <laughs> Have a holiday celebrating uh, Jesus's entry into Judaism. Jesus was clearly a Jew. I mean, if you celebrate that holiday, there's there's no doubt. And many Christians will agree that Jesus was a Jew. Jesus was a Jew. But on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise a child, he was named Jesus. That and that when Jewish Jewish boys that on the eighth day they're circumcised, they get their names. And uh, it's interesting that that, that was a holiday. People don't talk about that holiday anymore. And, and, and I can understand on, on a certain level. It's, it's New Year's Day and everything. But, but very interesting. And it's, it's, so it's based in your Christian religion out there that uh, some of you, you, you care so much about. So I, I obviously do not believe in the New Testament, but I wanted to give you a little quote out there. I'll give you something a little different. But I had never heard of that holiday before. Uh, circumcision. So we, we just, uh, a lot of you just celebrated the feast of the circumcision of Christ. You have a big feast to celebrate his bris, the anniversary of his bris, uh, which would, would be uh, 2020 years ago, according to what you guys, uh, what you guys believe in the new Testament. Anyway, that's linked to below. You, you can read that stuff. Uh, I even give you a little, uh, even talk a little bit about Christianity. You'll, you'll never know what you're going to get on this show. Pound that like button. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Remember to subscribe to this channel, like this video, share this video. Uh, pound that like button. Bang that bell button. Follow me on Twitter, TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. Spread the word. I'll say hi to you dudes in the chat. Goodbye.